This is Do Well, Do Good, the podcast from the circle of young entrepreneurs, where we explore how you can have a positive impact in the world from within your large corporate organization. We hear from the Trojan horses, social side hustlers, and the corporate change makers who are on the front line, changing business from the inside by doing well and doing good. I'm Maddie Devney, and on today's show, we hear how Sal Mohammed from Google came to found Connected Homeless, a digital platform which connects homeless people to vital services. Hi, Sal. Hi, Maddie. Can you tell me more about Connected Homeless? Connected Homeless is a digital platform that connects homeless people to key support and services. It actually came about whilst I was at Telefonica O2, and I was launching digital products to help businesses grow and thrive. And I really thought of two things. What could be the opportunity if we actually put some of this resource to developing social problems? And secondly, what would happen in a world where every company didn't do something on their own, but actually in a collective cohort to really drive change with the resources and opportunities that they have within their own company? And that's when I got going. So. It's quite an unsexy idea. People typically come across and say, oh, how did you come up with a homeless charity? What was the concept? Did you have an experience of something? And it's just, I thought that this could be done better, the way that people are treated, the way that support is given, and we kind of went from it from there. And did you talk to your colleagues at work about it, or did how did you kind of manage that ideation stage? I think you can run off with ideas quickly. I think they really helped me build ideas out but also refine and tell me when I overstepped too much and actually when I should have done things in a different way which I kind of incorporated. So it's obviously an incredible idea did you naturally um, get support from your team or did you think okay I'm gonna do this separately like how did you um, navigate that? Well large corporates are a really interesting melting pot right because you've typically got a very strong IT engineering department you've usually got a ideation team you've got the business elements so you've got all the materials to build a great idea if you just leverage them and that's exactly what I did I used them and use their wisdom to help me add solutions to the platform to think of different ways of getting around issues that I had and also refining an idea where I might have gone a bit wild and just made it a lot simpler and easier for the user. That's amazing. So you had all these experts who are willing to help you. Of course. I think people like to be challenged. People are always up for addressing an issue, especially something like homelessness, which affects people all over the world. So if they can do their bit and they've got the information in their heads, usually it's just a question away before you get that help. And can you tell us a bit more about the platform? One thing which actually really struck me was around 70% of homeless people have a phone. And it got me thinking, what could we do if we leveraged the technology that they already have and they already use? Actually, Facebook usage amongst homeless people is actually pretty similar to a normal under 25 year old. So actually, they're already quite literate. You think about it and if you're in a homeless state and actually you're going into a state of uncertainty or or homelessness, you take your phone, right? It's your connectivity. It's what keeps you grounded. It's what helps you keep on touch with the contacts you already have. You might leave your PS4, you might leave your big wardrobe, you might leave all these other luxuries, but actually the one connecting device is your phone. And that 
in itself has so much power to be expanded on. So with that, I said, well, surely then we could do quite a lot, right? We are, I was, we're at a telephone company at the time. I said, well, what happens in a world when, let's just say we give everybody a phone or the ones that don't have a phone, at least a phone, and let's connect them to services. So with our platform, you have a service section. So if you are looking for a food bank in your local area, you will just type in, you just hit the food button and it will navigate you to local food banks in your local area. Same with accommodation, showing availability to shelters. Um, we help connect people with employers who are willing to hire homeless people in entry level jobs or jobs in which they probably were skilled in before. So we try and match that together through the platform. And then we have a really interesting offer section where basically if you are a large corporate and you have all these resources at your disposal, right? So take a company like P&G, for instance, they own Always and Tampax. A large problem for homeless women is what happens when you're on your menstrual cycle? You know, a lot of them will do some very unflattering things because of the situation which they're in and the affordability of some of the services. So we could very easily say, okay, how do we crowdfund money, number one, from public in the traditional way, from corporates who are willing to play their part and want to make a difference, and even the government, you know? And how do we pool these resources and direct them to services which homeless people need the most? So for instance, we could say to P&G, oh, you, we have 2,000 homeless women on our platform. Could you give us 2,000 tampons at cost price, right? And if they said yes, hypothetically, then we could distribute that in the form of a digital voucher. And that voucher would allow any user of the app to go into a store, display the voucher, and then just walk out. You know? And I thought, what's the power of that? You know? Hey, it's really cold out there today. Look after yourself. Here's a free tea. Go and get it. You know? And there's so much you can do with that. Uh, on top of that, we then built a events platform. So number one feedback I got is everybody wants to help, but doesn't really know how, including big corporations. So we built this platform, which basically enables people to play their part. So if you are Google and you want to run an event called the importance of search for homeless people, you can put that on the platform and they can navigate their way to you for support. Where it gets even more interesting is the micro end. So if you're a barber and you close every day at five o'clock, but you say, actually on Tuesday, I want to close at seven o'clock and I have 20 spaces for homeless haircuts, you just put 20 spaces, Tuesday, go. That will go to the app, that will filter through to all the people using the app and they can go in, RSVP, get a haircut and walk out. So what more could we do? How many more people can we bring into this network and get working collaboratively? Finally, underpinning the platform, and this is where a lot of the early ideas came from actually, was the way of donating. So currently people say, I'd love to give to homeless people, but I don't know where the money goes might be drugs, alcohols, or cigarettes, I don't know. And actually, that's a really small case of users, right? And it's really not fair. So I thought, how could we reinvent this system of giving to homeless people? And how could we make it more secure for them and for the donors? So we established this cryptocurrency coin conversion, which basically allows a user to go up to a user of our platform and they'll say, you know, if they, they might come across to you and say, hey Maddie, I, I, I need two pounds for the bus today. 
and you might say, yeah, right, you know, for the bus. But actually what it allows you to do is everyone on our platform has a unique ID number. And with that, you can then say, okay, what's your ID number? You go to your app, you type in their ID number, one TT, you enter the amount, two pounds, and you hit go. That then transfers into their digital wallet. But it actually gets changed from actual cash into a coin, which can only be redeemed by our service users and our partners. So it allows you to have comfort on where your money is going to be directed to. Similarly, in your consumer app, you can also do more to engage homeless people and support them. So a lot of people have spare things lying around, right? The average user in the UK has two to three mobile phones sitting in their wardrobe, wow. right? So we thought, well, let's create a button. So we have a button in the app called a I have a button. And this allows you to go into the app, say, I have a smartphone. Here's a picture of it. Here's my address. And then one of our volunteers will come and collect that phone from you we pool it and then we dist redistribute it to people who don't have a phone that want to get on the app and we feel are worthy of, 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 of being accessed in the support. So that's just one of the ways in which we're trying to crowdfund resources already available, just bringing it into a central point. Uh, finally, we also realized that you might not have two pounds to donate. You might not be able or be in a situation to constantly donate. So. What we did realize is we've got a unique audience, right? We've got people downloading the app that want to do well in the world, right? And that's a very powerful if you're a brand wanting to reach those people. So for instance, we've built a button called a watch an ad button. So if you don't have anything to give, you can click watch an ad. We match you with a brand who is wanting to reach socially conscious individuals. So let's, for instance, say Subway, we're launching a new organic sandwich, right? You'd click it, watch a 20 second video. That then would kick off, let's say, a 50 pence donation to the charity, which then helps us fund all the development, all the ongoing costs, all the, um, the offers that we offer to our, to our candidates. So we're trying to be as self-sufficient as we can. Um, where I really see it is a cross between a charity and a data company, right? My ultimate goal is to get as much data as we can on the trends, how people are using the app, how quickly people react to different types of support. So we can basically say to someone who comes onto the app from fresh, do these five things and we can take your time from being on the streets from let's say two years to three months through all the data we've got, through all the enhancements. I mean, we very clearly say to the government even, look, we're getting people back into an economic situation where they're contributing again to the economy. It's good for everybody. This is the sort of the price point in which we've been able to operate at to get everything moving. How about we get more support so we can get more people out, right? Until it gets to a very clear situation where this isn't an issue in the UK. This is something that is created, but doesn't have to be this way, right? You know, we're one of the fifth largest countries in the world. Yeah. Um, so that is kind of the ultimate goal. And then, you know, helping other countries internationalize it, take it to their own markets. So. Well, it's, it's an amazingly sophisticated idea and I love how it seems to span out onto lots of different routes, but have this very sort of comprehensive thread that runs through it. How did you 
evolved that idea? Because I imagine when you first came up with this and were first talking to your friends at work, it, it may have been slightly different. Of course, of course it became slightly different. And it is again the common misconception, right? Everyone thinks you sat down one day and it all just flooded in yeah. and then you, there you go, right? And it doesn't happen like that at all. You have an idea, you realise the idea would never work. You have another idea, you realise it would work, but it's not actually what people need. So there's a lot of user feedback, talking to homeless people, talking to charities on the ground, understanding what the key issues are. And they kind of bounce from each other, you know. Developing the app was me working in a telco where I thought, wow, look at the power of connectivity. A lot of the later iterations was me working in an advertising company and an innovative digital company. Like, wow, there's actually so much more we could do with a ready available technology if we just plugged and added it on. So it definitely doesn't come at once, but just be patient. And I think ideas evolve and not all of them have to stick. Not everything has to work, but you'll definitely find learnings within them as you try and execute. And how have you managed working at Telefonica and now Google and developing this, this idea and this platform? Hard work, I guess. I have this saying, it's all in all the time. You really can't take your foot off the gas. You know, these are very competitive environments where you work with some of the greatest minds out and around. So you need to keep your performance at work, which is, 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 a, is a given if you want to keep getting paid monthly. And I think making the most of your evening time and, and your weekends is fine. Luckily, this is a real passion and I want to get this out and driven and having impact as quickly as possible. So I really don't see it as a work as such. And I think both of those are really good companies in enabling people to pursue their own ideas and drive impact. So actually, if I need to head out to do this interview even, it's not really an issue as long as, you know, I can make up for it another time or, you know, as long as I'm getting my work done. So I think having a, company which is willing to see people flourish and pursue their interests. I think it's quite healthy not to just be trapped doing one thing all day and then going, oh, I need to switch off now. You know, soft switching into another passion and mixing it is quite healthy. And do you feel that doing this project has actually helped you in your career and your, your day job and sort of your network within these large organisations? Without the organisations and just looking at it from a purely developmental point of view, it's taught me how to be a CEO, it's taught me how to do legal work, it's taught me how to order Wi-Fi if I need to get a new office, how to get good volunteers on board, how to pitch an idea to people, all these skills which maybe aren't getting touched on in your day job you suddenly have how to develop a product, how to iterate, how to get a development team a clear brief. So when you apply all that back into your working life, you definitely see the impact and your employers see the impact. Did you ever at some point consider leaving and, and working on it full time? Or do you think it's actually more beneficial to do it whilst you're working for a large organisation than seeing it as more of an entrepreneurial rather than entrepreneurial project? It's a good question. And it's one I kind of battle with all the time. And I think the simple answer to it is things always get big enough to run on their own independently. Um, and you have to make the choice at that time then, okay, 
how do I make the switch? When do I make the switch? Am I the right person to make the switch? This is one thing that I tell people quite often. Because I came up with the idea and drove the iteration, doesn't mean I'm the best person to run it, right? There are people who have run charities very successfully and grown them to incredible scale that might be better fitted. Not to say that they are, but I'm saying that that is a consideration that you could have. I think the other option is, if you do start something within a company and it grows to a scale, hopefully they could find a home for it to incubate it and grow it out. So there'll definitely be an, a, a time where both of them you can't be doing effectively and you'll have to make a choice. But I'm kind of at the early stages of that now. We've done a lot of the building of the technology. We're doing the rollout plans now and which cities we'll attack in which order. But I've still got enough bandwidth to keep me busy for both. Good. And do you have any advice? What would be your one magic tip for anybody that's got an idea, working for a large corporate and wants to sort of take that next step into delivering? Just do it. Just do it. I guess, yeah. In its rawest form, not just do it, quit, run away and it will all work out because I can't say it will, but be clever around how you structure the idea, when the, is the right time to jump, you know, do you want to have X amount of funding before you jump, do you want to have partnerships in place before you jump, do you want to be at least at a minimal viable product before you jump, you know, understanding where that comfort place is for you to actually make that decision. But there's definitely little opportunity costs in starting the idea at least. And you'll know very quickly from receptions and feedback if you're onto something and if it could have truly uh, larger than life impact. So yeah, give it a go and you'll be surprised in what you achieve, I guess. And what's in store for this year for you? This year, it's all about scale. So rolling out to the UK, making it a successful platform. I want this to knock homeless figures off its feet in, in the simple terms. That's the goal of the company. We want to see as many people get back into work, back into a happy situation as possible. And establishing partnerships is going to be key to that, getting corporations on board, getting the right people. I often tell people when you come up with an idea, everybody wants to help out. Everybody wants to be a volunteer. And it's really about finding the right volunteers that are actually dedicated to the cause and not saying, oh yeah, I'll do this, I'll send a few emails out and actually you spend more time chasing them than they actually spend time doing work on your project. So getting the key people on board and learning, I guess, from other One Young World Ambassadors from Circle of Young Entrepreneurship about how they approach it from other companies, from other charities and we'll see where we end up at the year. Hopefully I want to have some impressive figures to report back so we keep the momentum going. And then 2019 is really about international expansion. So I'm British Nigerian and was born and brought up in the UK, but obviously I have a lot of family in Nigeria where obviously things like this, India included, are also very prevalent issues, homelessness. How do you help people thrive and give them opportunities using technology? So. I'm really interested in the world of how do we have impact globally? How do we start 
getting this out in a systematic and controlled way because ultimately it's a piece of technology right and you need some intelligent people on the ground to run it and drive it but it's pretty applicable to a lot of the major cities in the world i think so that's really where my my 2020 plan is nice while you're in the right place we have these uh, listeners from all around the world so if anybody's listening and they'd like to help and be involved please do get in touch we'll post a link on our instagram page thank you so much for coming in it's been really really interesting and i'm excited to see where it's going to take you this year no problem thank you for having me it's been great if you've enjoyed listening to us today please subscribe to our podcast or check us out at circleofyi.com mm-hmm.